One, two, three, four. Palapalooza. Palapalooza. We're talking to you. I'm Palapalooza. California. Hope you guys are doing well and staying COVID-free and not gathering in groups. Right to jail. Right away. And being good little boys and girls out there. Oh, unreal. This week, I check in with Hugo De Bernardo of Paradise Drive. See how he's doing. You can follow them on social media and stream one of their new releases on Spotify. Here we go. Hugo De Bernardo, Paradise Drive. Paradise Drive. How are you, my friend? Hey, I'm good. How are you? How's your 2020 going, bro? You know, it's going. <laughs> kind of a hard time, but, uh, you know, it, it kind of gives you some time to yourself to prepare and plan and, you know, get on the grind. Lots, lots of alone time. Lots of introspective time, right? Exactly. How about yourself? Yeah, doing the podcast here and working from home, staying at home a lot uh, this summer with, with my daughter. But um, crazy times. I mean, the music industry's gotten hit pretty hard. It definitely has. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. That's for sure. Do you live in San Diego? Yeah, I do. Uh, I'm just, I'm up in the Bay right now visiting family, so. Right on. How is everything up there? San Fran area? Yeah, exactly. Everything's good up here, you know. I haven't seen my mom in a while. Good to visit with her and... I'm going to be coming down real soon just because I got to get back on that, um, back to school. Right. Are you going to school? Yeah, I go to San Diego State right now. I have one more year before I'm done. Got it. So what is the, what's happening in the fall for college? Will it be online? Yeah, unfortunately it'll be online, but at the same time, it's kind of a blessing more than a curse, you know, just because kind of gives you some time to yourself and you're not exposed to a bunch of people and I live in Pacific Beach right now so it's kind of a far drive um but yeah it's gonna be good I'm excited it's gonna be a good year my final year looking forward to it oh awesome congratulations dude I went to San Diego State like 50 years ago and uh (laughs) it was impacted then bro you know I remember parking was a pain in the ass and uh, I would have loved to have done everything online. I think some courses were available online, but I feel like colleges can get away with that. You know, it's like it's the elementary school kids that it's going to be difficult for. But, you know, grown adults like yourself can can kind of handle it. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, like the younger kids are really going to need that one on one attention. But, you know, if you're an adult, you're independent, you know what you're doing. You're good. Well, cool. Good luck to you at State. Uh, Paradise Drive, what's up with the name? How'd you come up with that name? So Paradise Drive was a, originally a street I used to live on. And the way the name came up, so we had a list of names, right? And one of them was Paradise Drive. So I presented this list of seven names to my band at the time. It was just me, the guitarist, and some other bassists who ended up leaving. And they all said that Paradise Drive sounded sick. So to that, I said, all right, well, Paradise Drive is the name. 
And it also kind of, if you think about it deeply, right, you can also think like taking you, a drive taking you to paradise, to your, you know, your perfect utopia or your heaven, so to speak. And that's kind of how we want people to like, when they see us perform, kind of escape from their, uh, any problems they're having in real life to just kind of enjoy the moment in the show. You know what I mean? Anything that like people go to concerts for. Absolutely, man. I love it. Yeah. I saw, I watched live video of your show at Navajo live, one of my favorite uh, local venues. So, I mean, Navajo live is close to our heart just because like being a band that didn't really have any opportunity to play like anywhere because we weren't necessarily known at all. Um, one of the guys who like works there invited us out to play, play there and then play at like an artist showcase there and so that's probably our favorite place just because all the people there are super into music you know they're all really ecstatic whenever they see new bands playing so i have to say that's my favorite place i mean the bancroft is like a small little bar that's another one that's really fun yeah we've got a shout out to emily with barnum productions uh, that books for navajo and then i think chris is the owner right i talked with him a couple times yeah 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 emily's awesome for sure She's super, she's super cool. And so is Chris. Great people. Yeah, we, we feel for all these venues, man. I just saw Soda Bar posting and, uh, you know, saying that they miss everyone. And that's really who I feel for the most. Obviously the bands, but these, these small music venues and these small bars that are just not generating any revenue right now. And uh, I'm stoked to see so many staying open. Yeah, they're pretty resilient, which I'm even surprised because the local music scene, I mean, I've only witnessed a small amount of the local music scene, but it seems like it's just kind of like slowing down, you know, but it may, yeah, who knows, maybe I'm wrong, but it probably wasn't as popping as it was back in the 90s or the 80s, as far as I could imagine, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, yeah, I'm honestly really impressed as well. It's great to see like these local like venues just keep at it you know just staying alive just to keep the music alive you know how long have you guys been a band so we've been a band for about three years um the lineup has changed quite a bit just because people move on to do other projects and some people leave because they're moving and yeah so basically if you think about it it's just been like three years of constant um just one-on-one me and the guitar player but a lot of people have rotated in and out and so right now there are four of us and we're going strong trying to release some music in the future yeah i see that you guys are staying active and we'll get to that shortly what are some of your friend bands around san diego who have you connected with yeah yeah so um i used to know hoyt yateman of sitting on stacy and we used to be pretty good friends I know sitting on Stacy. I know Will Lopez of Fairplay. He's a really cool dude. Yeah, we love Will. Yeah, he's played with the Rough and uh, really shredding guitarist. Yeah, we love Will. He's a good friend. Yeah, big Guns and Roses guy. Him and I really bond over that. <laughs> he rocks that Les Paul man. Yeah, I've, I love his watching his video. He's always posting. Uh, video of him playing so keep it going will we love you buddy yeah man you rock uh but yeah i mean that's pretty much as far as i know that's all the bands i really have connected with it's 
it's been kind of tricky to kind of get into the music scene more and more, but I'm probably not meeting the right people or not getting in the right places. But yeah, I mean, as far as I've met, I've met a few musicians and other bands that are really cool. I just can't really remember their names right now, but they were really cool people. I mean, San Diego people are just awesome, you know, coming from the Bay, it's just a whole new world. Is it? What's the main difference between the two scenes? Well, it seems like San Diego people are just more accepting and just laid back. Just better all around. No. <laughs> yeah, just better, better, better all around people, you know, they're they're in a beach town. It's great. Yeah, totally. Uh, I've been up to San Fran a couple times. I spent a New Year's Eve up there and I have a couple friends up there. And I, I always, uh, I used to say it's like San Diego on acid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely can see that. It's kind of a trippy town. You know, it's literally like warped in its geography. It's all hills and weird streets. But um, don't get me wrong, though. I mean, it's definitely a beautiful area of California. Yeah. It's just it's just different, you know, but that's the beauty of like California is that you can find the really hot part, the really cold part. It's just all around like a great state in my opinion. We love Cali, West Coast baby, West Coast. <laughs> so you guys have stayed busy, man. I saw your quarantine video for Mafia. That was cool. Thanks. Yeah, that was fun to do. Just out of the blue, we thought we'd just make one because we've seen a few online. It just sounded like a lot of fun. And so we basically just, everyone was in different places. We all recorded our parts and we mixed it and then we released it. And we did all the mixing ourselves, the video editing ourselves. We didn't spend too much time on it just because we figured we wanted to capture the live performance. You know what I mean? Sure. As real as possible. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that was a blast. Would love to do that again. 82820, you have a teaser on Facebook. What's going on then? 828, that's our, well, I guess now I can announce it. Now that's our new single, It's On Me. It's going to be the acoustic version of a song we're going to be releasing later down the line. But cool. right now, we just thought we'd release the acoustic version because, it, I mean, it's kind of a beautiful song in a sense, just because of the structure, the the poetic words who were written by the lead guitarist uh just it felt like we really needed to capture more of a orchestral acoustic stripped down unplugged vibe with the song so that's what we're releasing on 828 and later down the line we hope to release it as a full electric song so we're really excited about that we spent a good amount of time producing it ourselves mixing it ourselves and yeah, it's going to be sweet. We're really excited. It's on me, acoustic version, available now. We'll release this episode after 828, so that's available now. And if it's cool, we'll include that song at the end of this episode, all right? So everyone can check it out. Right on. That'd be awesome. And then you're going to rock that out with the with the full band uh, coming up here pretty soon, huh? You're going to release it on an EP or a single? Yeah, so that's just a single right now. Um, we're still kind of figuring out how we want to release music in the future, just because of the whole COVID thing. And we figure... COVID. Yeah. <laughs> releasing singles is fun, you know? Oh, absolutely. So, may as well. Yeah, that seems to be the way to go with Spotify and their algorithms and everything. They, they seem to sort of chop them up into singles anyways, right? Yeah, and plus, I mean, you see so many musicians now carving ways, like carving out new ways to kind of release their music and do their own thing. So, you know, trial and error, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure, man. <laughs> 
You guys uh, mentioned that influences and you, you take characteristics from bands like Van Halen, Pearl Jam, Foo Fighters, Kings of Leon, U2. So sort of that 90s kind of rock vibe I'm feeling, right? You, you even make reference that your vocals sort of sound similar to Eddie Vedder, I think, on your Spotify. Do you want to talk about your sound a little bit? Sure, yeah. I mean, I definitely am a big fan of Pearl Jam. They really got me, they really gave me confidence to really start singing and like writing music, but... Uh, all those bands, you know, they've all got, I, I would always associate them as like an arena rock band. And that's the sound we're really trying to go yeah. for. You know, just something about being oh, yeah. in an arena, of course, is every young kid's dream. But just the <laughs> whole sound that comes from it, the the ballad, like the hard rock ballads, the, the big, yeah. like, melodic hooks in the vocals and those fat drums with a fat reverb. It's just that's just appealing to me you know and i think the rest of the band could say the yeah. same thing that when you go to a rock show or any sort of show whether it's punk or indie like you're you're trying to get that whole vibe you know tr the vibe of the show and i think my favorite time for sure if i've ever like listened to music my favorite like series of like genre or like rock is from the i mean the 80s because that was just the whole time like just watching all these documentaries from what it was like playing these giant arenas yeah. these big shows with all these people i mean that just seems like so raw and fun you know what i'm saying so and the gut busting yeah. drums the fat bass you know and those like huge power chords <laughs> it's just you know it was not to like <laughs> the groupies all the groupies the cocaine you know, no, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just kidding. Taking it back to the 80s, you watch like the behind the scenes of all these bands like Poison. And did you watch that Poison documentary, um, The Dirt? Oh, of course. Oh, wait, The Dirt? Uh, oh, you mean Motley Crue, the Motley Crue documentary? I'm sorry. Yeah, you're totally right. I'm sorry. That's Motley Crue. Yeah, I mix them up sometimes. Of course. Yeah, that was great, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was really well done. I thought the actors did great. Machine Gun Kelly actually did really well. I was surprised because he's a very, uh, well, I guess, yeah, he is a character. He's, he's a cool dude. Machine Gun Kelly. My wife hates him, dude, because she's a big uh, Eminem fan. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> That's I don't know. I kind of always defend MGK, though. I think he's kind of a diverse musician. He, he obviously released that punk rock song, and then he's got his hip-hop shit. You know, he's hooking up with Megan Fox. You know, the, the guy's got it going on, dude. Yeah, and I think <laughs> if you can show that you can really delve into different styles and kind of do your own thing and do what you want, uh, it's pretty cool, <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm I'm stoked to hear you uh, you're that into Pearl Jam, man. You know, it's that's the, that's the type of band that there's just such a like dichotomy there where people are either into them or just absolutely hate them. And I I understand both. I get the the people that hate on Eddie Vedder's vocals, but I'm a huge fan, man. I, I love Pearl Jam. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Like, I think my opinion, of course, um, I was a huge fan of their first album and their latest album. But everything in between, I wasn't really too big on. And that's because I like the whole, like, just like, you know, the arena rock vibe from it. I'm a really big, like, blues rock influenced guy. And just hearing that in their first album and then hearing some of their new, like, hard rock, alternative rock come out in the second. I mean, sorry, in the very last album. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, that's what I liked about Pearl Jam. Everything in between where they experimented, you know, I respect it, obviously. Just not really my, my tune, 
you know I'm, I'm more of like a very structured sort of music guy I like seeing like the verse the chorus the verse the chorus the bridge and then the chorus again at least right. that's just me you know yeah 10 brings me back to middle school so that's uh dating aging me a little bit you know you gotta I, I love 10 and I loved uh Vitology oh yeah those were two great albums, dude. Yeah. What do you think of the new single, uh, Dance of the Clairvoyance? It's kind of different, huh? When the past is the present and the future is no more. When every tomorrow is the same as before. Oh, yeah. I mean, when I heard it, obviously I was kind of surprised. But after looking into it and listening to it more, like the vocal harmonies are pretty beautiful. Um, and having that electronic sort of drums in it. I think that's definitely new and it's a good representation of where kind of alternative rock is heading to, you know? You're seeing yeah. a lot of rock bands nowadays use samples and a lot of other tricks that you'd find a lot of like hip hop, rap. And it's really cool, they're really starting to branch out and not just stick to just the raw like guitars and drums and bass, but they're adding in electronic effects and all that. Yeah. I just think, you know, they're keeping up with the times. So I totally understand it. You know, I wasn't a huge fan of it at first, but it's grown on me <laughs> for sure. I wasn't either. Yeah, I, I have respect for them reinventing themselves. And it definitely has that 80s sort of drive behind it, huh? Almost like an 80s uh, synth sound. Yeah, I mean, something you'd find on like the DX7 from the 80s. You right. know, that sort of synth. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Are you a fan of um, Collective Soul? Collective Soul. I am actually kind of a fan of Collective Soul. Unfortunately, I haven't gotten too into them, but I, I have my few favorites. Yeah. When I hear your voice, I like I like one of their albums. I think it was the one with December. But when I hear your voice, I kind of think of that. You know, you have that deeper sort of range. If you listen to his voice, there's some similarities there, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. I never thought of it that way. Thanks so much. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard to really pinpoint who I sound like. <laughs> if anything, I just kind of have to associate myself with something, you know, just to kind of give people a, a good, good enough description to kind of my vocal style, you know. Totally, dude. Yeah. Vinyl visualizers available now for eight. What is a vinyl visualizer? Is that just like a digital vinyl sort of thing? I'm old. Unreal. I guess initially it was because it was kind of hard to find our music on YouTube because when you release it through a distributor, it's it's kind of tricky to pinpoint it because it becomes like a, what YouTube calls a topic. Mm -hmm. So I figured I wanted to always kind of release it on our own channel, our own artist channel, but I didn't really know how to do it because I wanted to do it originally where you just have the picture and the yeah. name in the video like you would see in any of those other ones. But I, I, I felt like it'd be cool to do something different. And I'm also a graphic designer. Oh, cool. So I thought may as well do something that is kind of original and something that I hold close to myself. Like I love vinyl, right? right? So I figured I'd just get a picture of my record player uh -huh. and kind of find a mock-up online and put the picture over it and then have the turntable spin and kind of match the colors of the album with the background wood. I thought it'd be really fun to do that and give something to kind of look, look at, you know? That's such the new millennium way of doing it, huh? I mean, up, you know, an image of vinyl instead of releasing it on vinyl. And it's totally cool. It's, and it's a good way for bands and, you know, your band to get on YouTube, right? Yeah, exactly. Just something fun I thought of. And I think I would really like if other people could do that too, because I 
you know, it's just something to kind of bring back vinyl. Not that it's really going to ever come back too hard, but it's just something fun, you know? That's why I did it. Do you have any lyric videos out? Lyric videos? Not yet. That is definitely something we want to get into soon. I feel like that is almost mandatory for every single to at least have, you know, in this day and age, to at least have some sort of video aspect or, or lyric video or like what you're doing, the vinyl visualizer. Um, I feel like songs need a visual aspect nowadays. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think it's kind of hard to really tell what people are saying in the songs, you know, because when you get a vinyl, you would have the sheet that had all the lyrics on it, all the words who played on each on each track. So that's definitely an important right. factor. And you bring up a good point there. I mean, you see that Pearl Jam's doing it. Guns N' Roses has done it. Like, we may as well do it too, you know? Those bands need them, bro. Eddie Vedder needs lyric videos, dude. What is it, the the yellow bed letter? Oh, yeah. You know, hell of feeling on a wish it on a way, yeah. It's like, what the fuck is he saying? On a season, on a I had no clue what he was saying, and I wonder why he pronounced it that way. Maybe it just fit well with the song. Who knows? I read one time somewhere that he did that intentionally just to prove that you really don't even need lyrics and you don't need to articulate a song for it to be good. Like, that was intentional. And the song's still amazing, but... When you listen to it, it's like you this you can't figure out what he's saying. There's no way. Yeah, I mean, if he went in that deep to do it purposely, then you know I'm kind of impressed. I would have never thought to do right. something like that. Yeah, right on Pearl Jam. If you haven't already, and I'm sure you have, check out Pearl Jam's documentary and like how I don't know if you know this, but Eddie Vedder at the start was like super shy, and he was afraid to sing in front of people and. Uh, just really shy at the start and then I forget what happened but something happened that broke him out of his shell and he just exploded like you know started that's when he started hanging from the rafters he became the ultimate frontman for sure but at first he was really kind of introverted and and shy and it's, it's kind of interesting to watch yeah I was gonna say kind of hard to imagine that that guy who jumps off like rafters and stuff getting all like shy but I mean I can see that you know he kind of had a, a tough upbringing a tough childhood really had to man up when he was younger that's right and that's uh it's really it's really hard when you're that young but no but it's super cool to see how he broke out of his shell I mean I feel like we can all kind of relate to that because you know everyone to some degree is self-conscious or introverted in some way and just seeing him break through it yeah, I really want to check out that documentary. That that sounds sick, honestly. Yeah, it's cool for musicians to watch because I think for the most part, musicians tend to be a little introspective and maybe, honestly, really shy for the most part. Not not everyone, but for the most part. And, and I think um, a lot of them rely on maybe alcohol and drugs to get up on the stage and and uh, get out of their shell. And uh, that's you know that's unfortunate, but. Uh, yeah, his story is really interesting. Yeah, I would, I would definitely check that out. You only have two singles available, huh, on Spotify, Wild Links and, and Eight. Yeah, that's right. I think mainly because we've had a lot of lineup changes and we're just, we were preparing originally to kind of do an, an album. We have enough material for one. It's just kind of, it's kind of deciding how we want to go about releasing our songs to the public and, you know, just new band sort of stuff kind of got to get 
you know, on the grind and plan and see how you're going to do it, find your way. And that's what we're kind of doing, you know. So those were pretty close together. I think they were both released in 2019 and in 2020. I mean, for obvious reasons, it's been kind of hard to really do more things together because everyone's very spread out. But in terms of, you know, our releases that we're doing recently, that's, you know, It's On Me is the one we're, we're looking forward to release right now. And then we're looking forward to some more later down the road. But that is all to be determined for sure. Cool. And again, the acoustic version of It's On Me will be featured at the end of this episode. So stick around for that. Uh, we're going to do a quick rapid fire segment with you. All right, Hugo? All right. I'll see if I'm ready. Let's do it. Rapid fire. Rapid fire. Beatles or Stones? Oh, Beatles. All right. Me too. Nirvana or Pearl Jam? I think we covered that. Pearl Jam for sure. Biggest musical influence? Def Leppard. Def Leppard. Yeah. The drummer with one arm. Another good documentary. Describe your band in one word. Fantastic. Fucking I. Love it. How about a fan shout out? Someone that's very supportive of Paradise Drive. Um, Garrett Munt. Shout out Garrett, a friend of yours? Yeah, good friend, good fan. Favorite local venue? I think we, we mentioned a couple, uh, Navajo Live and uh, the Bancroft in Spring Valley. Right, definitely have to say Navajo Live. Hold it close to home. Check out the Moreau if you haven't. Uh, Soda Bar is great. The Casbah, obviously. Yeah, those places are sick. I've been there. Favorite guitar riff? You play guitar, right? Right. I have to say Even Flow, Pearl Jam. Taking it back to 10, Pearl Jam. Best frontman in history. Ooh, David Lee Roth. Oh, yes. David Lee Roth. Hi-ya. So you're more of a fan of his than uh, the other guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's just, he's so outrageous. What's not to, it's what, what's not to love, you know? I love him. <laughs> Absolutely, bro. I saw them a few years ago, five, six years ago, down at Chula Vista Sleep Train. And uh, he was just pounding whiskey straight out of the bottle the whole time, dude. It was it was great. Hey, that guy can still jump, and I'm surprised. He's like, what, late 60s, early 70s? Crazy. He was just on the Joe Rogan podcast. If you have not uh, listened to that and watched that, it's fucking great. I'll check it out. He's truly a musical genius, yeah. And Eddie Van Halen, I mean, best rock guitarist ever, in my opinion. I 100% agree. I would not, I could not name a better guitar player than Van Halen. What's your favorite thing to do in town in San Diego? Play music. Outside of music. <laughs> oh, outside of music? <laughs> outside of music? Outside of music, bro, yeah. <laughs> Dang, you got me on that one. I did like to be on the radio. I was uh, a radio show host um, with my buddy um, at my university. So that's probably my other favorite thing to do. I grew up in radio. My dad was on the radio for 25 years here in San Diego. He had a trivia game show called Hooked on Trivia. So. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, dude. I was always in the background sort of running the board and doing voiceovers and and cutting commercials. It's an interesting industry, man. Um, are you looking to pursue it more or? Yeah, I mean, I would love to, of course. I mean, that's like a huge passion of mine other than music. So if the opportunity ever came up, you know, definitely jump on that. Yeah, it tends to be a little political, even more so than the music industry, but I, I won't shoot your dreams down, dude. Go for it. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I mean, what's not, you know what I mean? What's not political? What's not a, you know? 
Yeah, true. No, you're totally right on. Moving on here with Rapid Fire, what's a worst mishap at a show? Something that went really wrong. Oh, okay. This was so funny. I was singing uh, I was singing my song, Eighth, right, at the House of Blues, and then yeah. the, the mic stand dropped, so it got all short on me. And I'm 6'6". Six, six, I'm a tall guy. So then I had to spread my legs and hold my guitar, you know, like a 1980s, like, hard rocker, and I had to sing while that happened. And then while I was already kind of doing the splits there, I accidentally hit the mic and it flew away into the audience. And so I was without a mic for like half the song and there wasn't any sort of tech to help me get it back. So I had to grab it myself from over the stage. So that was really funny. I laughed so hard, but you know, it was one of those mishaps that kind of like you say to yourself, all right, well that's never going to happen again. (laughs) Fluke. Absolute fluke. Did you say you're six six? I am six six. Yeah. <laughs> you and Mike Rosedale need to hang out. He's another tall musician here locally. I have met Mike. Have you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's interesting because, like, when I saw him, I was like, "Wow, I haven't felt this short since I was like in middle school," <laughs> which is cool, you know, because then I get to look up and I don't end up hurting my neck. <laughs> so it's pretty. It was pretty cool. <laughs> Dude, we love Mike Rosedale. Uh, we played our last show this year with him at uh, House of Blues. Super talented. He's not just tall. He's very talented as well. Insert Rosedale now. I'd get a real job, but I'm too in love with it. Think about the day of the first show I ever played. Yeah, Mike kills it. Very talented guy, man. Cool. Are you in a band yourself? Yeah, I play in Ready, Set, Survive. We're kind of a local local punk rock band. Oh, right on. That's so cool. Yeah, we did like a Palapalooza present show at House of Blues January 30th, and then shit hit the fan. <laughs> That's awesome. I wish I was there. I heard about that show. Oh, cool. Yeah, that was with Rosedale and uh, Hardly Human, Fishing for Chips, and Aviator Stash. It was great, dude. Like, looking back... I just, I miss it, man. It sucks this year. You know, you try to stay optimistic, but this year sucks. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> yeah, but I guarantee people will be show crazy after this whole fiasco. I mean, everyone's going to be going out. Everyone's going to be drinking. Everyone's going to be going to bars, going to concerts. Just, you know, we're longing for the time until that happens. Absolutely, bro. I think you're right. I think, uh, yeah, I think there's going to be some people that are cautious, but I think for the most part, uh, people are going to be hungry and they're going to want to get out there and support. So yeah, we look forward to that. 2021, I guess, right? Hopefully. That seems to be the consensus. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> oh, somebody kill me, please. Somebody In March, it was, you know, we were thinking like six weeks and that's six months ago. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I heard from someone that like either it was the dangerous summer or, um, I think it was either the Dangerous Summer or like a Motion City soundtrack that they weren't going to be touring until 2022, something ridiculous like that. And I, I was just like, whoa, that's nuts. I could not even imagine doing that. Yeah, I had a guy on from uh, Ghoulspoon who, said, who seemed to think, and it's hard, it's hard to speculate, but everyone has their opinion, you know, Um but he seemed to think that summer 2021 shows will be postponed. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I would think maybe the festivals, the giant arenas, there's a good chance of that. But local shows, I think, will be okay uh, next year. <laughs> Fuck, I hope so. 
Uh, yeah. I mean, if that's gone down the drain, then I don't know what to do. Right. Just twiddle my thumbs. But yeah, I mean, hopefully local shows, like you say, they'll come back and everyone will be going out. So I really, really look forward to that. I think after 2020, I, I, I think I've come to the conclusion that I'm going to stop being a musician and become like maybe a mathematician. Or There you go. Um, that you can do indoors. Yeah. What's, what's another good industry? You know, I can't be a musician, so maybe like uh, a chef, but that's affected. Um, can't do that. Maybe you should find a new job, you... I think that spring 2021, you know, we'll get through the election. Uh, we'll get past all the political bullshit. And uh, maybe spring 2021 will will be better. Who knows? Yeah, I'm pretty optimistic. I mean, good. I was going to see Pearl Jam this year at a, some, some festival. But unfortunately, that got canceled. So I'm really hoping to get that back up and going like real soon. Cause like that was gonna be my that was gonna be my highlight of the year, you know. <laughs> yeah, I hear ya. I had a ticket for the uh, Fall Out Boy, Green Day, and Weezer show that was gonna be a Petco. Me and my wife were gonna go. We were super excited, but uh, that's not gonna happen. Oh man, <laughs> that was in July. Yeah, that's gonna be tight, dude. Yeah. Yeah, they rescheduled for next summer, so we'll see. Biggest pet peeve when playing a show. Biggest pet peeve when playing a show. Having to have picks ready on hand at all times. <laughs> you need the little holder, dude, that you put on the mic stand. I know. I just fit them in my pick guard, and I just reach for them when I lose them. There you go. That works. What's a popular band you want to see live that you haven't? Guns and Roses. Yeah, I saw them when they played. I somewhat saw them. I drank too much, so I, I don't remember the whole evening. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> they were good. They were good from what I remember. Well, I'm sure with alcohol, they were even better. Yeah, I look back on that. Like, I just, I had too much. I think it was Crown and Coke, so too much whiskey. And I just, uh, there's spotty t- areas, you know. I, I, I took too much. You took too much, man. You took too much, too much. It happens. It happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, GNR, they were good, man. I remember Axel's vocals being, you know, pretty good. And then obviously uh, Slash was killing it. I, I know. I'm surprised that guy can still sing. I mean, it may not be like like the 80s, but still, like, that guy takes care of his vocals. If you haven't seen his whole, like, behind the stage setup, it's a, it's amazing. Yeah, but imagine he has to because he had one of those voices that was just, as as a singer, just so hard to like, uh, I would imagine so hard to duplicate in his older age. Just such an insane tone and range. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you have someone like uh, Brian Johnson of ACDC, I mean, his voice is like shot and so are his ears. Like <laughs> he didn't take care of anything. I mean, those guys, you know, smoking, drinking up until they're like, early 70s it's like right or late 60s i don't know they're they're pretty old but you know it's just like it's one of those things you got to take care of it. and i'm, I'm kind of blessed that like i stay in the low range where i probably hopefully my voice will get even better when i get older yeah i can pull a johnny cash when i'm like 60 you know there you go yeah you got a shout out like uh paul mccartney is still doing it i saw him at petco park also the rolling stones they still kill it but again, like his vocals aren't that, you know, he doesn't have the craziest range. He's not pushing his voice that hard. Uh, he's just got that good, good tone. Blue jean, baby, 
What's your favorite music-related movie? Um, I have to say Almost Famous was pretty good. I think I watched that for the first time all the way through just recently, like just this year. Really? Yeah, I know. Crazy, huh? I always give love to uh, That Thing You Do with Tom Hanks. The Oneidas. That's the wonders. Reveal something about yourself that most people wouldn't know, most people in the music scene. I used to do fencing in high school, or at least growing up, the sport. That's fucking rad. Do you ever think about busting that out on stage at a show? <laughs> if, I, if I ever got to the arena level, yeah, I'd make a full production out of that. But right now, I don't know, like having a sword on stage, it's kind of <laughs> sus, you know what I mean? I think someone would get hurt, dude. Yeah, and it'd probably be me. <laughs> yeah. It's been a while. If you could bring a musician back from the dead, who would it be? Back from the dead. Michael Jackson. There you go. Good one. The king of pop. We'll move to the other side and we'll we'll hate on a musician. <laughs> if you could wave a magic wand and make one band never exist, who would it be? As much as I love Greta Van Fleet, I have to say Greta Van Fleet. All right. Yeah, we talk about them pretty often. Sort of a Zeppelin uh, ripoff. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're just doing their thing. I respect them, but... You know, I, I figure I've almost heard it before. Yeah, I hear both sides. I hear, you know, people respecting them for being so young and writing such great music. But a lot of people seem to hate them because it is sort of a Zeppelin cover band in a lot of ways. Yeah. At the same time, though, you know, they're just kids trying to make their way in music, you know, and they do what they got to do. I mean, all their influences were basically the influences of Led Zeppelin. Anyway, so you can kind of imagine, like, they do embody the 70s rock, like, maybe late 60s rock, but they probably get that because they're listening to the same crap that, like, those guys used to listen to. So it's understandable that their sound would kind of form into that. Where would you like to be in five years with Paradise Drive? With Paradise Drive, I would love to be touring the U.S., possibly the world, uh, playing shows, you know? like any other rock band that you see, you know, I would love to just be able to do music as a living. That would be my absolute dream. Good luck to you, brother. Have you guys toured? No, not yet. We're fairly new, you know, so we're just still building, building the groundwork. Definitely achievable. I wish you the best. I mean, a good first step is to just get back playing shows here locally, huh? I mean, get the venues back open. Exactly. That's the goal. That's the plan. Absolutely. Uh, Hugo de Bernardo. Did I pronounce that right? That's a tough one. That's correct. Do you get Hugo a lot? Like with the silent H? I get Hugo, I get Hugo, I get de Bernardo, de Bernardino, <laughs> but de Bernardo is perfect. Hugo de Bernardo, lead singer of Paradise Drive. Uh, pleasure talking with you, brother. I look forward to meeting you in person. Likewise. I'll, I'm sure you'll stand out being 6'6". You know, I think there's only one other... Uh, <laughs> Taller than you in the scene. Right. Shout out to Rosedale again. Yeah, thanks so much. Really appreciate you uh, interviewing me. Great conversation. Yeah, absolutely, brother. We're going to play your uh, acoustic version of It's On Me right now. Did you want to talk about that song and what it's about? Yeah, I mean, essentially, uh, I wish my guitar player and friend was here, lead guitar player was here, because he's the one who wrote the lyrics, but... What's his name? His name's Gavin Brenner, so shout out to Gavin. Gavin, shout out. If I could describe as best as I can... The song is about kind of like when you're in a relationship with someone, but you kind of see someone else that you're kind of close with, but 
you know that like you can't be with that other person because you're with this other person and it's a very uh, personal emotional song about what you know one goes through when they have some sort of forbidden love in their soul you know what i'm saying like it's like a feeling that's all it is from a real life scenario um i think so uh, I'd have to ask no you. comment. No. no comment. Can't say more than I already have. <laughs> That's a bit of a conundrum, but yes, we we all experience that at times, and uh, we'll play it now. All right, available everywhere. It's on me, the acoustic version. Uh, Hugo, nice chat with you, brother. Thanks, you too. It's over, I tell myself it's done We know that I'm a joker We know I've just begun Yeah, yeah I've said I'd keep away I've said we'll both be friends But here I am saying Well, now it all depends It's on me In my dance with my emotions I'll fight Till the end If I have to for you It's all for you It's all for you And I tell myself it's over Tell myself I won't Now I am just a loner Now I'm the only one Yeah Yeah, yeah Tell me what I've done wrong Tell me it's alright And I will only stay strong And I will be united
two, three, four. Palapalooza, Palapalooza, we're talking to you. I'm Palapalooza.